Welcome back to Rhymes with Decora, companion podcast project of Inspired Media. I'm your host, Benji Nichols. Along for the ride. Thanks for tuning in. A very special guest today. I can't thank enough for taking time out of her very busy schedule while she's here in Decora. Uh, National Geographic explorer and photographer Erica Skog, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for being here, Erica. Uh, it is a real pleasure to have you here, uh, not uh, just on the show, but back in Decora for your exhibit at Vesterheim uh, that is up through the spring of 2023. Uh, a really cool collection of photo uh, photographs that we'll talk about here as we get into the show. Lots of fun stuff there. Um, we have, uh, Aaron and I have followed your work for some time and some connections with Vesterheim, so it's been really fun to see see that happen. Um, but tell us, you are a Wisconsin native, correct? Yep, I'm from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now I'm based in Sturgeon Bay. Yeah. And actually, Decorah was the first place I came for this whole project, so it's super cool to be back, because I remember seeing a gallery here during my first visit by Knud Knudsen's work. Yes. And that was just like, yeah, it was an amazing space. Obviously, the Vesterheim's incredible. And so to be back again, I came once in, um, for midsummer since, but it's been a while. So Yeah, absolutely. We, we are uh, so glad to have you back. And of course, uh, currently this show we're recording is fall of 2022, but your exhibit is now up at Vesterheim and will be up through the spring of 2023. So people can check that out at any time after they've heard this show. Uh, and it's really neat. So this, uh, we're, we're going to back up and talk about your, your background a little bit, but sure. the specific exhibit that is up is um you know scandinavian america so what uh you can you can tell us maybe a little bit about the project but it's really a collection of photos from towns across the midwest mostly yeah specifically the i guess the upper midwest upper midwest yeah. i did get down to kansas but um yeah focus mainly on the upper midwest um the project scandinavian american at some point i even considered a name change to nordic american because i also hit up Michigan's Upper Peninsula, which is um, the Finnish oh, culture yeah. as well, which was super fun. Um, lots of saunas in the winter, <laughs> uh, which was very welcome. That but, is awesome. you know, they aren't technically Scandinavian. So, anyway, without getting into the nitty gritty, yeah, Nordic sure. American, Scandinavian American. Yeah. Um, and it, it's been incredible, you know, growing up in Wisconsin to just take time too and explore the local local towns and communities and places I would have never just, you know, gone to on my own. So yeah, even Decora, it's like not that far away, but we always say, you know, got uh, me here. we love living here. Uh, we're a long ways from anywhere. Um, right. So you, you gotta, you gotta want to find your way here. Uh, if you get to do no, it's it's absolutely true. Uh, so if listeners, uh, I think most of our listeners are familiar with Vesterheim, uh, Vesterheim Norwegian American Museum. If they're not, uh, I have another show uh, with the director, uh, Chris Johnson, and some other coverage that Aaron and I have done lots of work with Vesterheim over the years promoting. But um, we were really excited when this exhibit uh, came about and we learned about your work um, just as another like young, dynamic artist who is focusing on, you know, Scandinavian American culture. It's one of those things. You and I laughed just before we started the show. So I think sometimes when you grow up in an environment, you kind of take it for granted or totally. maybe even don't fully understand uh, its importance as a younger person. Right. Uh, and then at some point in your life, you realize like, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> this, I mean, you and I both. <laughs> yeah. You and I both sound like we've left for a long time and came home, which is something I never imagined I do. And I'm sure yes. you can relate. <laughs> um, but it was certainly leaving that, you know, opened the opportunity to just totally appreciate where you come from, right? So, yeah. yeah, my journey with National Geographic was probably starting about 15 years ago, right out of um, 
school and I started joining their expeditions with high school students. So yeah, a really cool opportunity, well, for high school students too, but they needed young, you know, photographers or earlier in their career to join these trips and teach photography. And so I kind of got my foot in the door that way. Wow. Um, And everyone asks, you know, how do you get your foot in the door with National (laughs) Geographic? There's (laughs) a million ways to do it. This was the way it happened for me. Sure. Um, If I step back even before that, it was... um, I went to school in Montana and I just loved the outdoors and being, you know, adventurous, yeah. taking gigs and jobs. And I was a whitewater raft guide in Colorado yep. during the summers. In the winters, I turned into, a, you know, a ski bum and taught ski school. So jobs, awesome. jobs that I just loved doing, but had no real intention of like turning into a professional <laughs> career. And then it just sort of did. And I think that um, when I reflect back, it, it's definitely something when young people ask me what, you know, how to get into this yeah. career. It's like, just continue doing what you love. And if you do that long enough, it can become yep. a really interesting career that you never thought could be. Um, so that's, that said, that's awesome, right? yeah, I started traveling the world with National Geographic you know, every summer with the students and as much as I could. And eventually, recently, um, you know, you hit your 30s and you're like, should I move home? Should I not? (laughs) And you start spending more time at home and you're like, but wait, there's there is incredible things here and culture and all the stuff, you know, you take for granted. Absolutely. It's it's cool too. A theme on this show has actually been with several folks that we've interviewed over over different shows is um, kind of a boomerang uh, theme of, of people who have left specifically the Midwest, uh, but then, you know, gone out, done different things and found their way back through one channel or another. Um, it, you know, and that's one part of, of, of how people get here or end up back here. Uh, but it is a really cool story. And I think in this moment in time, especially, it's a really important story to keep telling um, because there are certainly parts, uh, particularly here in Iowa, uh, where young people are not sticking around or are finding their way back and just recreating the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I never thought I'd be back. So. Right. Yeah. So let's back up one second. So photography is really the tool that you use in Mm -hmm. in your work now. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. I, when I got to Montana State University, they had a great photo program. And so it just sort of, you know, came to me and I applied for that program got in, fell in love with it. So it was a, it was kind of late coming to me. It wasn't something that I, you know, did it early on or in high school. It really, yeah. you know, I came, became an adult and then photography came to me. So <laughs> um, I, I got a late start. So that's, that's even cool. to say, yeah, like you don't have to know exactly what you're doing right away. Yeah, um, absolutely. And got my photo degree from Montana State University. Um and then, yeah, continued to travel with National Geographic all over the world. And something that they're pushing now, too, is for, for photographers to be able to photograph their own culture. So National Geographic yeah. itself is moving away from this model where they're, like, sending photographers out in the world. They really want to push the idea of you photographing your own culture. Sure. Um, so I spent a lot of time in Morocco and um, Scandinavia, but it's, like, let's find photographers in those areas. And that push encouraged me to think about my own culture. So I pitched this idea, which I never thought would catch on, which was Nordic and Scandinavian American culture here in the U.S. in the upper Midwest. Absolutely. Um, And they were like, we love it. I was like, oh no, now I have a job. (laughs) I just gave myself a job. Um, So I got to, yeah, come back here and yeah, continue this work. 
I love it. Uh, I think I think it's a genius story, and I think it's also a really creative story. In that, um, you know, we always talk about too in in our magazine. One of the features we have uh, we have a back page interview. There's generally an older person in the community, and it's really funny when we go to do those interviews because um, when you approach someone specifically in this area or anywhere of an older age, you know, particularly, you'll say like, "Hey, we we'd kind of like to interview for this," and everybody will say, "Oh, I don't." I don't really know if I have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not that interesting. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, A, if you've lived above the age of even 70 or 80, you, you have a great story to tell. But also it doesn't really matter. It, you know, it kind of goes along geographically as well. Like any part of the country has an amazing story to tell. Oh, totally. And yeah. rural America has incredible stories to tell, some of which are disappearing at sort of an alarming rate, mm-hmm. uh, right? Agriculture, anything agriculture related. <clears throat> but then the other part, and this is partly why Aaron and I have found so much interest in Vesterheim is the whole conversation of immigration or emigration mm-hmm. uh, and through the lens of um, so many different groups, right? And that lens that we have here is Norwegian America. There are some other ones as well. Um, and, you know, that leads us to a lot of, of more modern conversations about immigration too. So we we really appreciate that part of the conversation, but this is the lens that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a really cool thing. Uh, it's also really fun because... Um, as I've gotten older, it's been really incredible to dive into my own background uh, and my mom's side, especially both sides of the family from Norway, you know, get to do that digging and uh, then actually visiting Norway. And that's a real that's a real eye opener for sure. So, yeah, I grew up, for example, you know, at like Decorah, I suppose, with a very Scandinavian community. Um, we had, you know, the Swedish restaurants and the grass roofs and all the things. And you just... It was normal. Yes. And then you leave and you come back. You're like, um, this is not normal. This is not <laughs> happening everywhere else. This is special. This is unique. And it, it's been, I think, my favorite part of doing this project is learning and educating myself on the yeah immigration culture. Because um, I didn't grow up making lefse at home. I right. didn't grow up right. with the language. And then you visit some of these communities and they still have that. And so... You know, I've learned a lot traveling to Scandinavia, but I've learned the most about, uh, you know, the culture just right here at home, specifically Decora, most of all. I mean, meeting these families that are still upholding um, cultural elements that their grandparents brought over, even some of the language. And so you're right. It's sort of like some of the last generation are still here. And I realized that pretty quickly taking yeah. photographs of them. It's, you know, it's interesting and, and there are pockets. Um, I, I have just done a small series of shows from Spring Grove, Minnesota as well. And um, Spring Grove is also known at one point as Norwegian Ridge. But as people came up the river or came across in different places, they just landed in certain places and then sent the word back that, hey, it's it's okay here, come, you know, or whatever. And, and you know, what would happen? I mean, it's funny in my mom's own family, even um, both sides of the family came from slightly different areas of Eastern Norway, ended up here, and of course ended up in the same places. And some of them even ended up getting married in the U.S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, oh, yeah, weren't, totally. they weren't related at that time, but they were from the same place. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, as an adult now looking back, it's mind-blowing. But on the other hand, it's like, what well, it made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. They, they traveled halfway around the world, but they still wanted to find what was familiar and how a social group would interact and all those things. But then the history gets sewn here as well, right? Well, so and that's still happening thing. today. So yes. um, another really important reason why I wanted to do this work was not just to preserve you know, the Nordic um, history, but just to promote the, this idea that immigration is still happening today. You know, mm-hmm. we're excited about our own, but it's important to 
um, just foster an appreciation for it's still happening. You yeah. know, it happened to our family members and our grandparents in this way. And guess what? Yeah. It's still happening for the exact reasons. You know, there's struggles in their own home countries. Absolutely. Um, whether it be, you know, agriculture or religion or for whatever reason, people are leaving. And that is such a hard thing. It's incredibly hard to do. I mean, and they come here and yeah, they look for a community and it's the same story repeated over and over. So the lens of looking at this one immigrant group is so much bigger, really. And I and I hope that when people look at the work, it just reminds them that immigration is like still happening today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, In this in the second part of the show, I think we're going to dive into the exhibit a a little bit more. I want to touch on one thing. So you, your background in photography, you came out of school, you had some skills, uh, you were finding some connections, but then you really did get to cover some, some, some ground. Uh, You've got to travel pretty frequently. I don't know how quickly that happened for you. um, But I know some of the places you've been in have included uh, Morocco, as you mentioned, Cuba is another one, right? Yeah, I spent a lot of time Um, in Cuba and Morocco, which are (laughs) (laughs) at 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 the beginning of very random, you know, places that I had the opportunity to go and just fell in love with their history and I have culture. To, to yeah. ask, it's a little bit of a rabbit hole, but mm. Cuba, Cuba, <laughs> when you got to go at that time, was it through the work that we were doing or was there an opportunity, was it during the window where your U.S. citizens could kind of get to Cuba? We could, we could kind of get there. It was still under a people to people visa, which was through the National Geographic trips. Wow. So okay. I still, yes. so I was, you know, I kind of left the high school groups and started working with the adult Sounds, sounds a little more raunchy than it is. They're just adult trips. You got, you got away, but, from the, yeah. away from the kids' table. Away from the kids. But, um, you know, we have yeah. these expeditions and these photo workshops. And, um, right. They so all under the assigned, umbrella of kind of education at Yeah, that exactly. Time. Yeah. yeah, and we could go. And um, then, then yeah, it kind of closed up. And right. That, that, that has changed. In a while. It has changed significantly over the years. That's, I knew other folks who had uh, taken advantage of that same window of time and, and had gotten to go to Cuba, which sounds amazing. Yeah, really yeah and I always place. thought, I guess, you know, working with National Geographic, you think, oh, you're going to be photographing wildlife or exotic animals and adventures. <laughs> and because photographing people in the beginning seems so overwhelming. That yeah. to me was like, Mm-mm, not for me. Sure. That's like... Yeah. And in the end, I, again, I think you gravitate towards what you like. And I just yes. turns out I like people That's awesome. and I don't like sitting in a forest waiting for a <laughs> bird to show up for hours. And, and, you know, I like being social. I like people and um, sharing stories. And so gradually totally. just became, yeah, very interested in sharing the, oh, that's the story of culture and people. One other part of the world that I know is mentioned, the Arctic and Alaska. That's mm-hmm. somewhere else you've ended up as well. Is that right? Or did that have more to do with Scandinavia? Or was yeah, that well, separate? now, you know, over after all these years, and especially with this grant work, um, I've sort of become more, yes, a photographer, but Scandinavian cultural expert. So now with the National Geographic trips, for example, um, I get sent now mo- most often to the Arctic and Scandinavian countries. For example, this June, I did a really wonderful trip um, from Norway, down the coast of Norway, to the Shetland Islands, the Faroe Islands, which I've never been, which I was very excited to get to, and wow. then over to Iceland. Um, so that was June. And yeah, just, I mean, there's 
obviously you can never stop learning and exploring and photographing. So yeah, take me back anytime. That sounds amazing. What, uh, what incredible world adventures to be able to take advantage of and, uh, and, uh, do your work with. That's awesome. Um, my guest today, Erica Skog, uh, photographer, amazing national geographic explorer. Uh, she has an exhibit up at Vesterheim, uh, currently through April of 2023. Erica Skog.com. That's E R I K A S K O G G to talk more about that exhibit, it's Rhymes with Decora. Hi, this is Aaron Henning Nichols, founder and editor in chief of Inspired Magazine. Rhymes with Decor is brought to you by Inspired Media, bringing you positive news since 2007. Find us on stands across the Driftless, or check out our new website, or become a member at iloveinspired.com. Creating stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for being inspired. That's the voice of the one and only Erin Henny Nichols. She's the creative force behind Inspired. Also happens to be my wife. You can find it all at iloveinspired.com, our quarterly magazine on stands around the region and online at I Love Inspired. My special guest on Rhymes with Decor today, Erica Skog, a National Geographic explorer and photographer. Erica, thanks for taking so much uh, uh, time out of your schedule here. Uh, you're in town for uh, part of the exhibit opening and a little talk here at Vesterheim, but we appreciate it. We know that you're busy and uh, it's really fun to have you here. So thanks for taking the time. Yeah. I mean, so much of the community gave me their time for this project. So yeah, happy to give back. Let's, let's talk about the project a little bit. I'll give people a quick rundown. So Scandinavian America, er, American, it's a photography exhibit at Vesterheim. It's in the third floor up in the special galleries and the rotating galleries. Uh, and really, so the, the basis of this project was that you went to five different cities across the Midwest. Is that right? Yeah. I don't think I had a goal of, you know, a number, but I yeah. tried to do as much as I could. And, and, I, and I still would like to continue this project. It's sort of like the project isn't, I wouldn't say done. I think projects are sure. never quite done, but right. um, I, it's just a matter of getting out there again. But the goal was to visit any communities um, specifically in the upper Midwest that have Nordic or Scandinavian immigrant heritage. Um, to just yeah photograph and preserve and tell the stories of these really unique places yeah. um, for the communities themselves but also to um, you know just share the immigrant history with with everyone else yeah so decora was one of those places hancock michigan was another place uh ephraim ephraim wisconsin ephraim right? ephraim sorry but, but you did Get a great right. job trying so close yeah uh, wisconsin yep. town <laughs> pequot lakes minnesota and then Lindsburg, kansas was uh one of the other ones right as well yep all places that still identify pretty closely with that Nor- norwegian american heritage mm-hmm. um you know we kind of we laugh about it. my brother was a nordic dancer here in decora and there's sort of he a, was. Uh, yeah there's sort of a, a magical <laughs> and why weren't you uh, well, for people who don't know, there's sort of a, uh, a magical formula that you have to hit to be able to be a Nordic That's dancer. Right. I think it's every seven years. I should know this. Uh, and at one point, yeah, it doesn't matter. But uh, those groups are chosen in third grade every, I think, seven years it is. So there's a senior group and a junior group, and they work all through their careers uh, in school to also um, be a Nordic dancer. Uh, but so there's a few of those photos in there that feature those groups. It's a really unique thing to decora. Um, and again, one of those things when you're younger, 
that maybe you don't fully appreciate, you know, some of what's being preserved there. Um, but a really interesting way. And also, I have to say, as a side note, um, Decorah kids know how to dance. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of them do. And people are blown away by <laughs> that. Iowa dancers. Are, are one of our other um, community treasures, the footnotes. Uh, Beth and John Rado, if I don't know if you know them, and a few other folks who are, are just spectacular folks um, in the Scandinavian uh, music world, Scandinavian American music world, who have preserved a lot of that culture. But a lot of us grew up um, going to those dances and learning how to waltz and shadish and, and do those things. No, so. it is impressive. I actually photographed Beth's parents oh, yeah. um, in Minnesota because she had just... It's, such an amazing, impressive uh, homemade sweater collection, awesome. which I also have a minor addiction with. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the there is this symbiotic relationship in all these towns where the community is preserving the Scandinavian history and and then therefore you know educating the next generation and the next generation and, and keeping it alive. And it also draws you know obviously tons of tour tourism into these towns and that keeps the towns alive as well. So. It, 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 I picked these towns. I mean, it first started with just a simple Google search. You know, I didn't sure. know where to start. And thankfully, especially in Decorah, there was just such an amazing, yeah, like the Rados and the Rogs, yes. the Heinies, all these families that were just so giving with their time. You should meet this person. You should meet that person. Come to this. Stay with us. Um, open Literally opening up their homes. And, um, I, you know, I would just show up and kind of let the town take me where it, it went. And a lot of them were based around, yeah, Nordic Fest and parades and holidays. Yep. And that's just like where it started. And from there, I would meet families and come back. And, it, you know, the characters were really some of the most, obviously, the most important part of the story. Absolutely. Um, and the most fun part, do you, too. We're going to talk more about this a bit. Do you find that that is sort of a thread as you've traveled around the world as well, though? I mean, it's kind of amazing when you put yourself out there to the right group of people, what will happen, right? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. I mean, in traveling, travel in general, right? Yeah. you have to rely on, on the people. I mean, without them and just, yeah, their care. And um, that's what I was mentioning with time. Just people's time is so valuable. And the fact yeah. that they gave so much to me, I obviously couldn't have done this project without them. I mean, it started when I pitched this idea to National Geographic. I threw them architecture and landscapes and kind of threw everything. Say, look, this is why this region is so incredibly unique and here's what I can photograph. And eventually that, you know, the landscapes and the, um, everything fell, fell to the side except for the people. That just became the, the yeah. obvious subject to continue. When, and it's cool when you actually see the exhibit at Vesterheim. It's really fun. Um, I was telling you before the show as well. So there, uh, Viking Cruises have been working on a Mississippi project. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have one of those groups, 3D Cora, <clears throat> at Vesterheim as visitors this summer. And uh, it was really fun. I was, I was part of that operation. And uh, it was neat to see a group of people come through this gallery with your exhibit um, who were from all over the country uh, and beyond who some had the the concept of of what it meant to be at Vesterheim and some were doing it just because it was a shore explorer. You know, it was was something they could do on Mm -hmm. one of their days. And so they came on on this trip. It was really cool because people immediately who didn't have the the larger body of knowledge kind of turned around and were like, well, what, why, why are all these young people in Norwegian costumes and where are they from? And like, what, there's other places like this? (laughs) 
it was it was a really fun experience because um, I think one of the couples specifically that kept asking me questions was from like upstate New York or somewhere where they, there actually is some similarities to this area, but the, the culture was different. And it was really fun to hear those questions and, and watch the kind of all the, the lights go off and kind of figure it out. But young people, these are, you know, these are photographs from the last couple of years. Uh, this is not, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. This still exists. So. Right. Oh, yeah. Super cool. And then, of course, like you were mentioning, I mean, with one of the main photos that's uh, uh, um, identified with the exhibit on the website, too, is from Al Johnson's, right? Of course. And, and yes. Sister Bay, which you referred to with, with the grass roof and the goats and the whole uh, the whole, whole shtick, right? Yeah, and the photos of Al Johnson's are, when I look back at them, um, pretty representative of what you're going to see when you visit these, these, what I call, you know, ethnic tourist towns, which are a lot of the traditions, let's say the song and the dance and the food, it's obviously directly influenced from our our grandparents and the and the generation that emigrated here. But yep. a lot of it's also invented in this folkloric way of just lo- idealizing that the past that actually probably was a lot harder than we, you know, we're like, oh, Absolutely. everyone was just in these amazing costumes and dancing around and that's what they were doing. Um, but so a lot of this ha- has had to be invented. And so when you look at... Um, the photographs from Al Johnson's, it's just, it's quite funny because you have, the buildings are actually Norwegian. Yes. And the restaurant is Swedish. <laughs> and <laughs> the girls are wearing invented costumes, or we say like folk, folk drafts, like folk costumes. Sure. Um, made of cotton, because yeah. obviously we're not going to be dressed in wool in Midwestern summers. Right. And so all these towns, including Decorah, are just, they're very interesting because a lot of it, is invented, but a lot of it is not. And it, there's yeah. just this mixture of the both that is now, it is a culture. It is yeah. it is the Scandinavian American culture, um, which is the name of the project, because it's not Scandinavian culture. It's Scandinavian American or Nordic Correct. American. Yeah. It is ours. We've we've held on to this and we've made it our own. And I think it's it's incredible celebration of, um, you know, things, things that we've held on to because of immigration and the things that have been preserved because of immigration. Yeah. When back in Norway... They've lost, let's say, some of the wood carving. Like they're sure. coming to the Vesterheim to learn that because they've actually forgotten those really you specific bet. arts and cultural pieces that we've held on to so strongly. Yeah, it's been really cool. And it's been really fun to see the the evolution of the Vesterheim Folk Art School too. That's like a whole other conversation, but that's something we follow in the classes and things that are offered there and the artisans who are working there. It's been really cool to watch that. Um, progression as well, but and, and who picks back up on it? You're, you're totally right there. Right. That's a really, really, really cool thing. Um, so one of the other interesting things to me about this is just that the, the exhibit itself is really cool. I'll mention again, so the exhibit is open at Vesterheim through April of 2023. Um, it's part of the regular uh, exhibits at this time, so you can go up and see it. It's on the third floor, super cool um, photography, and you can check those out amongst everything else that's at Vesterheim. Um, but Erica, your work, of course, continues on in all directions, right? So, so <laughs> currently like what else what else is in your your purview i know you also have a young family like you have a lot going on yeah since i've been here there's a lot has happened i mean i was (laughs) here for the first time in 2018 so this is like about pre-covid before Um, times pre i have had a baby she's now two i know there's like a lot i i don't know i'm currently pregnant and due in december so there's a new one coming so that has obviously affected a lot of 
my ability to continue the project. I, I'll blame COVID before the baby, but then the baby <laughs> was also part of part to blame. Um, but you know, I I think the future of this project in particular is to continue photographing, um, you know, these communities. There's so many, like, and when I show the work, and a lot of the work I actually show on some of the National Geographic ships while we're yeah. while we are in Norway and Scandinavia, and people come out come up to me after the you know the talk and they say have you been here have you been here and i'm writing down i'm like no but i want to come i want to visit um so i'd love to continue the work and something i would love to do and um on the forefront of my mind is create a a possible book of the imagery but not my just my imagery but i have this vision of a retrospective like book of historical archival imagery i don't think it's been done yet to just tell the story through photographs but like with everyone's photographs i mean my photographs are great because i'm biased and i think they (laughs) and they are great but i can't cover everything you know the stories are just they're infinite and as much as i want to continue doing this it, it is overwhelming just there there are so many stories I can't tell and I'm not the one to tell and people have photographs like it to do the work oh definitely keep photographing I mean the photographs already exist in people's homes I'll say one of the cool things is you do have a couple of photos in the exhibit I think were maybe from either Liz uh and Dan Roggs or or somewhere else there in one of their homes where you know it was a celebration that was going on or you know it's one of those things and like some of them are really cool but like that happened because of just really awesome connections that you made when you were here but some of those you know some of those images and some of those things don't get saved if they're just sort of within a family unit. Or well, they're taking a, their own photos and right, they have them and right. they have them through the years. And I realized that because one thing families would love to do when I visited them was pull out their photo albums. Oh, sure. And I'm busy yeah. photographing them, but they want to show me photos. <laughs> and so I'm like, this is hard to photograph. But yes. it made me realize that they have a collection. And, and mm-hmm. so does, I mean, a lot of these communities have archives and, sure. um, but that's just a, you know, a timing thing and, and um, an energy thing, which I'm, yeah. I'll have back one of these days after we're through the toddler years. Yeah, but absolutely. That would be something I, I see on the horizon as really interesting, not just for me, but for a lot of people to get involved with. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool part of of the work. Absolutely. Well, it's really, it's really fantastic. We really appreciate the work that you have done uh, in the exhibit, getting to Vesterheim. If I had one other question, like how did it come about that the, um, for the specific exhibit for Vesterheim, is that something that you had kind of had in mind as you were going or was that somebody from Vesterheim reached out or how does that, you know, when you see those things come together, was that kind of just an evolution? In the beginning, I I really didn't know where it would go. I mean, you get these grants. um, This one was from National Geographic, of course. And you don't know where it's going to go, and you work with an editor, and eventually we decided that um, this project seemed more just, like, would work well in a space for a gallery. And so we first partnered with the the Miller Art Gallery in Sturgeon Bay, and they were the first ones to show it. And that felt like a really good way to give back to the communities and show them, you know, as a photographer, the hardest thing is you show up in these places and you take these photos and you leave and you never get the chance to share them. And so the gallery venues have been amazing. So it started in Sturgeon Bay at the Miller and then um, went off to the American Swedish Institute in Minneapolis um, following that last Christmas. And so it just obviously the Vesterheim was that's Since my first fantastic. trip here, I was like, right. it has to come here. So and cool. I was thrilled when there was interest. And yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to head there right okay. after. Yeah, right after this. Super um, exciting. I haven't been back yet. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Well, it's it's super fun. And again, I will mention, so it's Scandinavian America. It's photography uh, by Erica Skog. The exhibit is up through April 2023 at Westerheim. You have to check it out. Um, Erica's work, you can also check out online at Erica Skog. That's E-R-I-K-A-S-K-O-G-G.com. So ericaskog.com or westerheim.org. Uh, it's a really cool body of work. Your work is super inspirational. I love what you're doing and uh, all Thank the best you. luck in the future as well. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to be here as part of it. And um, we'll keep up down the line. I appreciate it. All right, you've been listening to Rhymes with Decora. I'm Benji Nichols, your host. This is a companion project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com. You can find all the shows online as well at decora.fun. That's it. That's the whole title, decora.fun. And uh, yeah, we're getting close to 30 shows, I think, up in this series. Lots of fun stuff, so check it all out. If you've enjoyed the music on this podcast, it is the work of Mr. Nick Zielinski. He's a drummer. He's a decoran. You can find him on Instagram at Indicative of Drumming. Again, thanks for checking it out. We'll see you next time on Rhymes with Decora. Rhymes with Decora is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.